Welcome to The Kimbretta Show, where all things lead back to how to be the best leader of you. Each of our conversations encourage us to love, learn, and lead ourselves and others. Kimbretta is her name, and leadership is her thing. Get ready. It's time to grow. Hey, y'all. Welcome back. As always, I'm so excited that you guys have tuned in to the Kimbretta Podcast Show with the kicker and the chase. Okay. So excited to have you guys here tonight. You have me, myself, and I, 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 me, myself, and I. Okay, so it's just me, but it's going to be another one of those moments where I'm just transparent, right? And I just talk about me. I think throughout this journey together, it's going to be important that we're always getting to know one another. You're always getting to know parts of me, your host. And this was just so present on my thinking this week. And I thought, yeah, why not? Why not? Let's dig deeper into the layers that make Kimbretta, Kimbretta, and learn a little bit more about me as I've learned and continue to learn myself. Yeah. So let's go ahead and get started. It's time to punch in. We about to go to work. Okay. Welcome to the punch in. And I just want to say this. This is a a true story for me. How I show up in relationships evolved greatly back in 2010. And after going through some counseling and doing a lot of reading about men and, and women in relationships, I realized that I had to decide something for me. I had to decide something for me. And if if we had to to title this podcast, we would take um, words from a great, great speaker and, and, and writer, Audre Lorde. And we just call this defining myself for myself. I think that is so important that everyone um, embarks on a journey to do just that because we live in a world where so many things are constantly coming at us, trying to tell us who we are and who we should be. And we really have to do that on our own, right? And and let me stop right here before I go any further because there was this uh, a quote by another um, wonderful woman author that I love, Maya Angelou. And her quote says this, and it, and it came from her writings, a letter to my daughter. And she said, you may not control all the events that happen to you, but you can decide not to be reduced by them. And I'm going to say that again. You may not control all the events that happen to you but you can decide not to be reduced by them and when I began to reflect for myself and how I show up in relationships what I began to reflect on after coming out of counseling and therapy and reading lots of of writings and books um, on people who spend their time studying relationships I realized I had to decide for me my own mental, emotional health. And in order to stay true to myself and define myself within a a romantic relationship, uh, first and foremost, because they tend to um, lead such a big 
or play such a big role in our lives that I was going to have to do some of the things that I'm about to share with you right now. And these come from my personal journal, my personal writing, and and I'm sharing them with you now. And I must have delved into this, you know, man, maybe 2013 or so. So I'm just pulling pages from, from my personal journey. And I'm sharing them with you guys, pulling pages from my personal journal and sharing them with you guys. And I, and I decided this for me. I looked at myself in the mirror. I looked at all that I learned. I look back at the mistakes that I made in every relationship. And I want to be clear. No one comes out of a relationship without some, um, I don't want to use the word fault because that's what gets people caught up. And it ain't my fault or he cheated on me or she lied. And, you know, you still come out with some responsibility to those relationships to or responsibility to yourself on the other side of those relationships to learn one, who were you? Were you authentic in that relationship? Because if you weren't, that plays a role in the demise of it. How did you show up? Did you lead with love? Did you lead with understanding? You know, were you insecure most times in a relationship? Like these are all the things that you have to own as things that you done while in the relationship. Because I'm a firm believer that although it may have been a particular action or habitual actions of one person that may have tied hired another person and they no longer wanted to fight for it there were still things happening in that relationship to both people that didn't serve one another make them feel happy whole complete supported love whatever you get it right so for me as I reflect I wrote this down in my journal I said I would no longer ask hint towards or try to indirectly encourage a man to change anything about himself now, this is tricky, right? Because, you know, I it's complex. And this is the type of conversation that people don't want to have. Because while that statement is bold and true, and I have been diligent to practice that, there is a... Uh, a meshing is the word I'm looking for that happens when two people come together. Um, for instance, uh, we may come together and I may say, you know, I don't like you to wear shoes in, in the house. And maybe he says, I've worn shoes in the house all my life. Well, I think it's dirty for you to drag out, the, the drag into our home the entire day. You've been walking through buildings, through streets, through Wherever you've been, you've been walking through cat urine, dog urine. You know, I'm just like I'm being extra, but I'm I'm telling you this is what I think. This is a true thing too. I like people to take off their shoes in the house, um, unless of course I have floors that are like you know laminate wood, something I can literally um, sanitize right away. But if it's carpet, I'm really gonna freak out. But I prefer you not to. So when I say he may say that, then I'm saying, okay, in our relationship, particularly if I took on the cleaning part of this team union, then I do require some respect that helps me keep the home clean to my standards. So that isn't 
when I say I, I will not reflect him to uh, ask him to change either indirectly or directly, I'm not talking about the little things that you do have to modify and compromise on in order to live together in peace. Because there are things that you have to do to create a peaceful sanctuary for both parties to enter into. Um, I know the saying, happy wife, happy life, but I also stand strongly behind the saying, happy house, happy, happy spouse. We, we both deserve... Um, you know, certain things to happen within the space that we share that makes us both feel, you know, honored, um, prioritized, you know, and respected. And then there's uh, other maybe menial changes. Maybe when you were single, you hung out to seven in the morning. Well, ideally, as any woman who and, and women can talk for me, you know, chime in here. One of the real huge things for us is what? Feeling like we're your number one priority. And so that is a huge component to us feeling loved and valued that you put us as your number one priority. And particularly because it is our innate nature to do the same for you. Make you our number one priority. We won't hang up with any home, homeboy, girlfriend, child, mama, daddy. If you call, uh, gotta go. We like prefer you we it's, it's our innate nature to put you first what you want to eat on it you know that kind of thing hopefully you know I know this can't be all people but you know naturally women typically tend to be nurturers by just design you know that's what the estrogen does we want to take care of people and so sometimes we don't know how to articulate it but we're saying if you're someone that sit at seven o'clock in the morning well you know that to me doesn't put me first it's whatever you were doing while you were out. And it don't even have to be cheating. You know what I'm saying? Maybe you and your boys really were playing cards, gambling and getting sloppy drunk and enjoying each other. And maybe the most of them either were single or, you know, whatever the case may be. And I'm not trying to say that that means you're out doing something wrong. But if you don't come and in your evening with the woman that you say you love, that you, you know, that is your wife or the one you want to be with and you tell me about your dad, whatever. So that kind of thing. So that's what I mean by when I was saying change you, meaning I'm not going to change, you know, your, you know, the way you see life. You don't have to, you know, agree with me on, on you know, major issues or anything, but we do have to find a way to navigate a joint space, if we live together, if we're married, that makes us both feel respected, honored, and valued, um, and prioritized. So there are subtle things. So don't take that statement and run with it because you really would have to peel back that statement and dig into the layers because there is, anybody could tell you two people get together, both with different backgrounds, there is work that has to be done to get to a place where you're both kind of coasting, you know each other, you know each other hot buttons, you know the needs of one another and you're okay with that and you feel that you can fulfill those so moving on I will also never allow a man to change me this is this is another journal excerpt that I'm sharing with you guys that I realized in my past I had done so as I was backing into Kim who are you what what role did you play in the demise of every relationship how can you be better going forward it hit me one I needed to define myself for myself that that was one and part of that was I would never allow man to change me and 
I'm I'm gonna dig more into that, but change for me, a man changing me was not like some man telling me, Oh, don't wear your hair like that. Oh, I don't want you dressed like like I've never even had a man in my life who was all like telling me what to be or anything like that. But what happens is we tend to as women I mean, subconsciously try to become what we think it is you want or need. And it's not true. So we can only put on that act for so long before the true us bursts out. And this is where men freak out and go, what the crap? You, know, you never would like this. You never asked that before. You never wanted that before. Well, I wanted you to love me. So I was acting like I thought you wanted it. Now the truth is this, 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 and this. So <laughs> that's what I meant when I said never allow him to change me or who who you know who I am at my core and the other side of me making that statement was where men um sometimes um ignite change in a woman is when we've been hurt by a man we begin to harden right we become very hard we harden our hearts we put up big thick guards and we are just not our truest sweetest special nicest self because we are so guarded from pain that's change that's allowing um giving that person power even on even if you've broken up with that person they still have power of you going forward a new relationship because you're so hard you're just so hard you know what I mean where does that come from it comes from your past experiences and you've allowed them to change you not even for the better Right. But for the worst, because it's not OK to walk through life and live like that, because you have to give each person their opportunity to prove and or disprove who they say they are. The other thing I said was those vows alone sent me on a two year journey of learning and coming to terms with who is Kimbretta. OK, who is Kimbretta? We're talking about all of this, but it has to start with you knowing who you are. And I discovered that the true essence of who I am, minus taking away, subtracting all of the hurt I've been through behind or because of or as a result of a man, relationship, friendship or anything. And mostly this journal insert is about a man. About, you know, the effects that a man could have on you. And what I really wanted to be clear before I because I was single when I did this journal entry. So I wanted to be clear about all this stuff before embarking on another relationship. So I had to discover and I feel like I did during this time the true essence of who I am minus all the hurt that I've been through because of, behind, or as a result of being in a relationship with a man. So let's get into what I discovered and more of my journal entries as we head out and break it down. We're going to go ahead, break it down, and find out what Kimbretta discovered um, in this self-reflection, in this time of, 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 of counseling and learning um, and trying to define herself for herself and become a better person on the other side. It's time for the breakdown. Break, 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 break down. Okay. 
Listen, I, here I am. I'm animated again. And, and, and you know what else I'm about to get ready to do again? I'm going to be going to eat when I leave from here. So if you haven't learned that about me, just know when Kim is about to eat, then she knows she's going to eat good. She'll be so happy. Yes, I'm just so happy. I love food. Okay, so the breakdown. I discovered the true essence who I am, minus all the hurt that I've been through behind a man was this. I am a private, different from secret. I'm a private person. I personally don't like sharing my love on the World Wide Web as a practice. I would probably post maybe an anniversary or birthday celebration, but that's about the extent of it. However, it isn't a deal breaker for me if any man does it. And I am not changing on this. No man is going to change me. I did this work on my own in my own time after my own emotional healing. This is what I know to be true. I look back before I started dating. I looked at the changes I made inside relationships. I had one ex-husband who was like, you don't never post me. You don't post me. And I'm just like, you know, and I tried to take a stab at it a couple of times and it didn't even feel good to me, y'all. Like I was like, I'm posting because what? I was trying to appease him and didn't want him to feel like, oh my God, like I'm hiding something. And I wasn't. I was never a cheater. That is not a part of my fiber to each his own. And it wasn't that. I was just a private person and I was just too young to know better um, of how to sit down and have a dialogue with him to say this is me this is me and it has nothing to do with um how much I love you how committed I am to you or anything like that it just was not my style I I love when I see couples um post on social media and, and you have to somebody say why are you talking about social media because it has it became a huge thing during the time I was doing this self-work I've had to talk girlfriends and homegirls off the ledge all the time behind big fights they've had with their partners over social media. So in your journey to define yourself for yourself, you are going to have to define your social media personality, both personally and professionally. And then you're going to have to have some communication with the person you're in relationship with, your, your lover, partner, spouse, about your social media personality. So they are armed and informed on your style of posting. And then it is up to each person in that conversation to be honest and say, is that a deal breaker for them or not? And I know we're all thinking, what social media deal breaker? Like people need to get over itself. It's nothing. It's social media, but it has been a deal breaker, some derivative of it for some reason. Now I don't believe social media is bad. I think it's a great thing. I think social media is just like money. It's a neutral component. It depends on whose hands it's in. So it depends on whose page you're watching, whose phone you is it. Does it become negative? Does it become racist? It depends on whose page or post you are looking at at that time. But Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, all that of itself is just a neutral platform. It, it, it has nothing for us that we don't offer it. Whatever you share is what you share and vice versa. And it is putting something out in the world, whether you think it is or not, whether it be joke, whether it be unintentional, whether you be being sarcastic, everything you post, right, goes out into the world to be saved forever. And it has the potential to make someone feel some type of way.
That's just the reality. You need to get to that point and just move on. Okay. So then after you do all that. So for me, I'm private. Anyone that's going to be in long term relationship or marriage with me. If if your significant other posts into social media about your relationship is important for you in a deal breaker, I wouldn't be the girl for you. That I'm not going to pretend to be something I'm not to appease you because as we learn about this relationship, we understand that happiness is a self project. It's not a me do for you project. Now, if you're doing a great job at doing the things that make yourself happy in the confines of respecting the boundaries of our relationship as we know them or have com- communicated them to be amazing, great, right? And I'm going to wake up and I'm going to say, what can I do to put a smile on your face? That's going to be my motive every morning. Your motive should be, what can I do to make him smile today? And if we want to do things to show signs of affection and, and you know, that um, commitment, right? And just of, of love, you know, we call them love deposits, then that's great too. But the core of your happiness is about you making sure you are who you are and you're getting to do some of the things that you love, you know, while still being in a healthy partnership or relationship with someone else. So the other thing that I noticed about myself is I am a giver, a spoiler, literally. I like to spoil anyone in my life that I care about. That's my man, my kids. I'm a giver. I am going to buy you stuff all the time. That's and, and we have to be clear on this. This is and there are some people out there who are very insecure and they seek to buy love. They their security lies within their wallet. They think that that is what they have to offer. That ain't me. Okay, so you have to again. I'm defining myself, Kim Brother. You got to search through this on your own, right? So I I've always been that way. Broke, poor, and with nothing, I will use my last to give someone else. So it's not that I'm leaving with my wallet because my wallet ain't even fat like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to buy you stuff. I'm going to, if you my man, I'm going to fix your plate. I'm going to um, wash your clothes, fold them, do laundry. I'll wash your feet. Like, I'm a servant in that capacity. I love um, domestic things. That to me, I grew up in an age of watching. Um, I love Lucy on TV. That's my favorite show. I love Lucy. I love me some Lucille Ball. And, you know, the things that you watched and saw the most in your formative years really do shape your thinking. And, you know, everybody know Lucy was a housewife, number one. Now, I've evolved. You know, I, I, I tried the housewife thing. I know I don't want to sit home all day, but I found a way to still produce out in society and still come home and be domesticated. And I love that. I love to cook for them. Like, like, I love to cook for my men, my family. Like, that's who I am. I love to spoil the people that I genuinely love. I truly enjoy doing those things. It makes me feel good inside. Whether they ever do it for me or not, it makes me feel good inside. I don't need it reciprocated. I don't need, if I cook for you Monday, now your turn, cook for me Tuesday. I, that's not, that, I love to do it. Me, Kimbretta. I do need it to be appreciated. So this is me defining myself for myself. So regardless of how many bad behaviors my man has or does, I'm going to give to him. I'm going to spoil him because that is Kimbretta. 
And me defining myself for myself means it is not contingent upon any man. I'm not going to remember, I said in, in, in the punch in, I'm not going to allow man to change me. So I'm not going to get hurt by this man because he lied or betrayed me and decide I'm not going to cook anymore. I'm not going to wash and fold clothes anymore for you or no one else. If I, Even if I get out of that relationship, I'm not going to get a new man and be like, oh, uh-uh, honey, I used to do all that and he ain't appreciated. So I no longer wash clothes, baby, and fold her. Then you don't even know who you are. You just change from relationship to relationship depending upon how you feel somebody treated you like you haven't defined yourself or yourself. You have to know who you are and you have to bring your truest self to every relationship and situation you get in regardless of how the other one ended because if you can't do that then there's still probably some work self-work that needs to be done the other thing I'm a protector I won't allow anyone to hurt who I love I will operate in the highest level of care too much too much sometimes Right. Trying to protect them from consequences that they rightfully should uh, go through as a result of their decision making. But this is just how protective I am. I will operate in the highest level of care of my man's emotions, his manhood, his reputation, trust. I will protect every layer of his heart because I don't want him to hurt at my account. Meaning now in my twenties, that one me, I will cuss that man. Well, I will read him for filth. I will tell him everything. He ain't never going to be like, you know, so here's the, the, the um, this is me and the evolution, right? <laughs> and, then, and then when I wrote this, I'm in my mid to late thirties. And when I wrote this journal insert, so I've been through some things. I was twice divorced. Like I've learned, I've circled back to people I was in a relationship with to say, how could I have been a better partner? Even, you know, regardless of the fact that it ended because it, eventually ended due to their infidelity it doesn't mean that during the relationship there wasn't things I could have done better so I I'm one I've had these discussions so I knew that Kim I had to use my protection for the greater good not just protect them if someone else speaks ill of them if somebody else try my man or my kids of course that's that goes without saying you're you're ready to protect but what about protecting the people you say you love from your trauma and how it manifests in bad behavior and hurtful behavior. Like if I'm going to say I'm a protector as I define myself for myself, then I have to also own that I have to protect them from my trauma habits. Yeah. So I I'm like this with my friends, too. So for me, that means this. I'm very cautious about what I do. I'm cautious about where I go. I'm cautious about who I'm with. Right. Because trust is critical for me in all my relationships. People I love being able to trust me is a major ingredient for me to know for me and how I show love. If I don't feel you trust me, I'm probably not going to be being in relationship with you much longer. That, and because I live on the highest ethics, I act and perform in the highest ethical way to ensure trust because it is so important to me. So if you don't trust me, it's a direct inclination that you don't trust yourself because you're bad behaviors, because it is certainly not because there, it is something I done to cause you to mistrust me. 
because for me, this is in the forefront of my thinking and I'm always in that space. So if you have a trust issue, that means you've never dealt with your own trust issues. You have never trusted yourself and or people have abused your trust and you're now judging me by those past situations. None of it works for me. And that is a surefire way to end a romantic relationship or friendship with Kimbretta straight up. I'm not going to rest my head somewhere where there is no trust. Um, so again, trust is critical for me being in relationships, people I love being, you know, able to trust me as a major ingredient for how I show love. So there are several things that I do or don't do based upon my knowledge of what could cause insecurities based on my own knowledge. Just don't make it right, wrong, a Bible. This is my research. Go do yours. <laughs> right. <laughs> so based on my research of what could cause insecurity within the male ego or friendship ego. So this is my choice and my need. Now, I'm naturally, I'm personally naturally a, a flirty person. That's just part of my makeup. You know, I I do it. I mean, it's like it can happen before you even know it. So I balance this by dating my twin in this area. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, my my significant other, you can ask him on the first question I asked him on the first day. I was like, are you a flirt? Like, I always ask that straight up out of blue. And they be like, huh? Because in the beginning, they're more likely to be honest because y'all ain't even done nothing. You ain't on, you know. He was like, heck yeah. I was like, okay, good. He was like, what? Like, I was like, okay. <laughs> like, I think a little healthy amount of flirting is really good for the for the relationship but anyway I asked on dates are you that if not because I need to know on the first one like I'm not having no conversations about me coming back with a little flirty banter with the waiter or something like I don't want that dude it's not gonna go anywhere I just get it's, it's sport for me essentially it's, it's like sport so I don't want to date anyone whose ego is so fragile that they can't handle that about me because that goes back to what me defining myself for myself and me not changing myself for a man come on somebody Okay, so I need you to understand me in that area and you can only stand it if you probably are. And this means my natural protective behavior builds his trust in me and my honesty about my flirty ways armed him with knowledge. And those combined helps so he won't read into anything with anyone more than what it is. It is tricky, though. It is tricky, though. But I have a good track record with it. I ain't never had nobody like say to me, you are acting out of line. You're being, you know, inappropriate with a man like it's tricky. But, you know, that's you. You got to learn how to balance that thing out. So the other thing is, I don't care who comes and who goes or how many problems we go through while dating. I decided in this time of reflection of defining myself for myself that I am never going to change the above things that I just shared with you guys, right? I'm not going to ask a man to change either directly or indirectly. I'm never going to change me for a man, right? I discovered the essence of who I was minus all the hurt that I'm private. I'm a giver. I like to spoil people. I'm a protector. I'm flirty. I'm not going to ever change those things, okay, because that is who I am, who I am. I will never allow any man anymore to harden me or harden my heart or make me stop being the good things that I am based upon who he is or how he treats me. No man will have that power over me ever again. I am going to be good, and I'm going to be good to my man. If I don't feel taken care of inside a relationship with him, I won't waste time or make excuses. I will leave and take my goodies and goodness 
with me and I will not come back. I love hard and I mean what I say and I mean what I do. And I say what I mean, I mean what I say and I mean what I do. And that has helped me as a leader as well in my own life tremendously. And it has caused me, for the most part, to attract men who also operate on a high level of goodness. Meaning, if we're going to play with that 80-20 rule from the um, Tyler Perry movie, Why Did I Get Married? I typically attract the 80-20. You know, I've never just attracted someone that was 80% busted up and trifling while I was holding on to just 20% of the good in hopes that I see potential. Like, I've for the most part, always attract a man who operate on a high level of good behaviors anyway. Why? Because I made the decision to be good regardless of what mistakes the man may have made in the relationship. I'm going to keep showing up good. And when I feel that you do not appreciate the goodness that I bring to the table, then it is time for me to remove myself from the situation. It's not time for me to pay you back or treat you like crap or make you pay. Or No, it's just time for me to remove myself from the situation because you no longer deserve this goodness. You don't know what to do with it. You have absolutely no idea of what to do with it. Okay. So listen, I spent a lot of time when I was um, growing up. I spent a lot of time with like my uncles and my brothers, God brothers growing up. I even when I was younger, ooh, dated older men even as a teen and that and and but the upside to that experience is they would talk candidly with me and and I've seen firsthand how they've handled women and and all of that just stayed with me and as a result of me keeping their wisdom close and how they move think close to my heart I can honestly say and that is not only what I've seen from dating older men but the wisdom my uncles have shared with me and stuff like that I can honestly say that I've dealt with men who weren't faithful who didn't communicate well who was slack and handily business all the men I've dealt with would attest that they felt like I understood them in a way that made them extremely comfortable around me so that's part of my superpower that I bring to the table everyone has something to offer you know you just have to hone in on it and then you have to hone in on whatever your trauma manif- however your trauma manifests physically in your life so that you can heal from it so that you're not unknowingly or knowingly hurting people right so they're comfortable around me and in a large part I know this is because I honor that doesn't mean agree with everything but honor their feelings in a way of being And I really don't approach anybody for the sake of anybody, friend or man, with, oh, I'm going to change you. Like, because I just don't honestly have the energy for it. I'm a busy woman. I'm a dreamer. I'm a visionary. I'm a leader. I got a lot going on. So I really, you know, I am project oriented. I do love me a good old project, and that's including people. But I'm typically not going to, that project means help. If the project is me helping you do something or, you know, create something that you want, then that kind of stuff motivates me but if the project is trying to get you to change now and I don't don't have the time energy for that when I realize that you are just this is who you are this is all you got for me baby that's all you about to bring to the table and you ain't even 
trying to, you know what I'm saying, upgrade yourself for or nothing, then I'll just remove me. And I'm convinced that, you know, if I just remove me, once I'm convinced that he won't take care of me and value me in a way that honors the value of who I am, then that just speaks volumes by itself. Like, what else are we talking about? We have to love them as they are or leave them alone so they can find someone to love them as they are. And the cool thing is they need to do the same thing for us. Okay. How the power of authentic, unconditional love works is that they end up becoming somebody who showed up with good at their core. With good at their core. You're not having to make them good. They was good when they showed up. They may just have had some blemishes and, and different character flaws that no one ever inspired them to tap into in order to grow in those areas. And I use the word inspired as opposed to, remember, I didn't say no one changed them. We, don't, we can't change each other. But there are relationships, and you guys can probably attest to this if you sit and think a minute, that you've been in, be it a friendship or a romantic, where people... People have inspired you in some way. Maybe they inspired you to, you know, communicate better. Maybe they inspired you to be a helper around the house more. Maybe they inspired you um, professionally, even though you're in a relationship with you, you like their drive and they inspired you professionally. Like, you know, real love is very instrumental, you know, um, in and of itself without any push, without any shoving or anything. And then I've heard women say, sometimes you don't see how you inspire them to after the relationship is over. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is, right? But how the power of authentic, unconditional love works is that most times a person ends up becoming all you could have ever hoped for because of your unconditional love. Now, let me throw out this disclaimer, okay? There is a such thing as spoiled fruit. So... Some men or women just are no good. And that's just what it is. They just a spoiled, rotten fruit. You know, they're just no good. There's no bringing them back, right? They're broken. They ain't trying to do nothing about being broken. They don't want nothing real. They just want something to make them feel right in their brokenness. And we have to be able to discern the difference. We each got to be able to discern the difference. And that is period, the end of my journal entry. Okay. That is me sharing me with you, right? From a more of my past relationships romantically and what I've learned about myself. Did you hear that? I didn't tell you much at all, if anything, what I've learned about men outside of what I learned about the male ego from my uncles and godbrothers. But the most of this journal insert was about me and what I learned about me. And who I am and how I show up in the relationship. And I think we could all do ourselves a huge, huge act of self-love if we stop looking at the other person in every situation and take time looking at ourselves and how we showed up in that situation and how what we may have done or not done caused the turn of a situation. We really got to look at self. Yeah. So I want to share something with you powerful. When I was preparing for this podcast, you know, I was looking, you know, I love quotes. I, I opened up with one and I, and I wanted to close with one. And it hit me this quote by Audrey Lord that I wanted to close with. And 
it hit me that I wanted to close this quote because I was sitting here reflecting on this show and I said, ooh, what was that quote? That quote in the movie, The Best Man, when, you know, he had just had the bachelor party and old boy was trying to chase that strip of candy out the door. He didn't want candy to leave. And, and then they locked eyes and found a starting point of commonality when, you know, I think it was him that first quoted, if I didn't define myself for myself, I would be crunched into other people's fantasies for me. And eaten alive. Woo. That was a very romantic moment in the movie. And that quote, and I wanted to look it up to make sure, one, I quoted it correctly on the show. And when I did, I came upon the writing, the actual speech that Audre Lorde delivered that this quote was actually taken from. And I thought, oh, my goodness. And I began to read the speech and I had not read it before. And it was really good. You should look it up. It is. It was she delivered it in February of 1982. She delivered this address and it was called Learning from the 60s as a part of the celebration of the Malcolm X weekend at Harvard University. Go HBCU. So this is where she delivered this address. And it was a powerful address. You should definitely go Google it and read it. I, I just literally kicked up. I end up pouring what I thought was a glass of wine that turned into the whole bottle as I read this address. What a woman powerful woman so oh man she said so many thought-provoking things and what was had me so amazed and engulfed in the address to read it from top to bottom was that uh man she a lot of it still stands true today it's just about every single part of it yeah she said it in the 60s but we still going through this crap right now everything she was saying still stands true and relevant on today so we're getting ready to go home with the kicker and the chase. And I'm going to read some excerpts of this address by Audre Lorde for, for, for you guys, because it was just too good for me not to share. And we're going to close out with some words from an, a, another um, powerful um, human that has walked the face of this earth, Miss Audre Lorde. Let's go home, guys. It's time for the kicker and the chase. Went home. Kick, kick, kick it. Chase, chase, chase it. Kick in the chase. Honestly, Miss Audrey Lord did an awesome. I don't really have to follow up with anything. This is good. I mean, good, good. All by itself. Okay. So let me get into it. All right. Let me get into it. You know, I was working on this uh, little mini writing but i think i'm actually going to save that for the caption when i post this podcast a mini summary about myself and what i bring to the table as a result of all this self-reflection that i've been doing but check this out though Whew, come out through miss audrey lord this is this is it right here so I'm not reading the entire address because it is pretty lengthy. I just took out some very what I felt were potent um, ways to wrap up this particular show. And she says this. One of the most basic black survival skills is the ability to change. To metabolize experience, good or ill, into something that is useful, lasting, effective. Mm -mm. Okay, I'm going to just keep going because this is good, good. 400 years of survival as an endangered species 
has taught most of us that if we intend to live, we had better become fast learners. Malcolm X knew this. We do not have to live the same mistakes over again if we could look at them, learn from them, and build upon them. Just gonna preach, Audrey. <sighs> Define yourself for yourself, people. Okay, look at your mistakes, learn from them, and build upon them. Mm. Okay, moving on. Continuing to quote Audrey's address The 60s for me was a time of promise and excitement, but the 60s was also a time of isolation and frustration from within. It often felt like I was working and raising my children in a vacuum and that it was my own fault. If I was only blacker, things would be fine. It was a time of much wasted energy, and I was often in a lot of pain. Either I denied or chose between various aspects of my identity or my work and my blackness would be unacceptable. As a black lesbian mother in an interracial marriage, there was usually some part of me guaranteed to offend somebody's comfortable prejudices of who I should be. <laughs> she, just how she shows up in a room. OK, let me just pause. just how she shows up in a room as a black lesbian mother in an interracial marriage. Come on, somebody. She is telling you there was usually some part of her guaranteed to offend everybody's comfortable prejudices of who she should be. That is how, continuing on in Audrey's words, that is how I learned that if I didn't define myself for myself, I would be crunched into other people's fantasies for me and eaten alive. And if anyone knows what it's like to fake it, you are in torture. And this is why people look up and go, she changed, she changed. No, they got tired of faking it and they're busting out at the seams now. And what you're getting is really what they were all along. But they were faking it, trying to appease you. And now you got the real thing, you know, the real thing. Okay. Who this thing? Did you see how you see how I end up drinking a whole bottle of wine last night? Okay, okay, okay. Uh, night before last, I forget when I was doing this. Anyway, all right. In eating alive, this is Audrey Lord continuing. My poetry, my life, my work, my energies for struggle were not acceptable unless I pretended to match somebody else's norm. I learned that not. Only couldn't I exceed at that game, but the energy needed for that masquerade would be lost to my work. And there were babies to raise and students to teach. <laughs> Jesus, I'm falling out of my chair in this studio right now. Like she came to this knowing she had to define herself for herself because ultimately her only priority Yes, she had babies to raise. And what did she want to what did she want them to see? The masquerade or the real Audrey Lord? Yeah. And students to teach. And I'm going to tell you, as a teacher myself, you are often always challenged 
to become and or have overcame a lesson before you're even released to share it. It challenges you. Continuing on, can I get carried away with Audrey Lord's words? There is no such thing as a single issue struggle because we do not live single issue lives. Could you preach that from the mountaintops, please? Dot, dot, dot. She says some more stuff, but I'm, I'm paraphrasing this one. Um, to learn from their mistakes is not to lessen our debt to them, nor to the hard work of becoming ourselves ineffective. To learn from your mistakes and those of uh, the mistakes of those around you is not to lessen our debt to the mistake, nor the hard work of becoming ourselves and becoming effective. We all know me and everybody listening right now, we know what it is to be lied to. And we know how important it is not to lie to ourselves. Come on. now, I, I talked about that a couple weeks ago. We're going to keep on going. Audrey goes on to say, we are powerful because we have survived. And that is what it is all about. Survival and growth. And I animate that. And because I think we get stuck at the survival part and we're still surviving. I know I do. I often catch myself in sheer survival mode uh, trying to handle things as opposed to how can I grow up from this? Continuing on with Audrey's words, revolution is not a one-time event. It is becoming always vigilant for the smallest opportunity to make genuine, a genuine change in established, outgrown responses. For instance, it is learning to address each other's difference with respect. Lord, let me tell you something. I just spoke this back in February, uh, what it was, 1982. How crazy that still rings true today. That people still have not learned to address differences respectfully. She goes on to say, we share a common interest, survival. All of us. And it cannot be pursued in isolation from others simply because their differences make us uncomfortable. Again, she repeats, we know what it is to be lied to. So essentially, she's she's alluding to 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 go into isolation and say, I'm going to just stay to myself. I ain't worried about nobody, men or dogs and, and women can't be trusted. And, 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 and. That, we don't survive like that. You don't get to your greatest self like that. We weren't even created to be isolated like that. Right. We simply have to get over the differences that make us uncomfortable. And then I end with this last excerpt from Audre Lorde's address that day. And she said, how are you practicing what you preach, whatever you preach and who exactly is listening? Okay, I'm about to fall out in this studio. Did you hear that? Audre Lord says, how are you practicing what you preach, whatever you preach? And who exactly is listening? Like, you better make sure. You better make sure that you're practicing what you preach. I know for me, it is completely exhausting 
to hear people whine and complain about anyone they're in relationship with. And the whole time I'm sitting there like, you ain't none of what you asking them to be. You are big mad about what they did or didn't do, but you ain't none of what you asking them to be. You not faithful. You not loyal. You not honest. You not nice. You not kind. You not respectful. But here you are inside this relationship demanding, tripping, acting up. Because the other person is not. That just blows my mind. Blows my mind. Again, in the words of Audrey Lord, how are you practicing what you preach? Whatever it is you're preaching. And who exactly is listening? Because I could tell you this, if you ain't practicing what you preach, baby, ain't nobody listening. Ain't nobody listening. And that may be why you feel like you can't get no, um, what they call it, act right. At your partners or, or, or friends or whatever. Again, this is a self-work. It's a self-work. You have not been sent. Let me tell you something. The only way, and, and, and this is my show, so if you don't agree. A relationship does open up and peel back some layers. They're all designed to show us more of who we are and help us rise to become our best and greatest self marriage is the ultimate relationship that does that anyone who's not open to greatness becoming a better person a man or woman individual should never even be around here speaking on or entertaining the entity of marriage because it's going to be the most challenging hardest work that you'll ever do in your life next to parenting okay and they are these relationships that God designed for us to be born into and to give us the option to choose people down here on earth to do life with, build with, are designed for you to grow. <laughs> you to grow. We ain't just supposed to be together passing each other in the halls and in the night and both people doing what they want to do. They're designed to challenge us to be the best of who we are. This is why you have fights and disagreements and arguments because we are trying to get to the best of who we are. If you're married to somebody who's who's more, you know, inclined to be sharp or, or short or mean and the other person is more compassionate, it ain't about trying to change one another, but it's about adopting small traits from each other's personality because it means it's called balance. That's where the phrase the yin and yang comes from. There's no way a person who's may, maybe uh, more mean is just going to immediately become more compassionate because that's just not the baseline personality. But by being in relationship and learning from the person who they're in relationship with, who happens to be a more compassionate person. It is the hope if the relationship is truly moving forward and growing that he has learned to pick from the compassionate person's habits, traits and book and use it when it matters most that that other person will go. You know what? I'm going to listen and understand right now. I'm not going to fuss what I've learned from being in love with and in relationship with my husband or wife is that there are times where compassion needs to lead, right? And not anger. 
and vice versa, the one who maybe is too compassionate and can be sometimes seen as a pushover will hopefully have been learning from walking in relationship with their spouse who does know how to check stuff right away that they will stand up for themselves when it matters most. Neither will become the other person outright. It's just not going to work that way because we still have to be responsible to show up authentic as ourselves. But that doesn't mean our authentic selves should not be learning from the other and using it uh, as we go through different situations in life where it may be beneficial because we all got something to offer. Right. There's a time and a purpose for all of it. Yeah. Again, if I didn't define myself for myself. I would be crunched into other people's fantasies for me and eaten alive. Miss Audrey Lord. Hope you guys enjoyed tonight's podcast. I certainly got, I mean, I, well, I need another voice. Let me tell you, I, this was good, good, good food for me before I go get my real good food all by itself. I loved it. Can't wait to get back with y'all next week. You know what? I'm, I'm waiting on some, um, some um, confirmations from a couple guests trying to do something really, really good for y'all. Uh, if anybody's asking, yes, leadership is still my thing. And you cannot lead anybody anywhere until you've led you. And that is what this is about. This is why it's important for me to open up about every single. We wear many hats, right? I'm, I'm a woman. I'm a mother. I'm a sister. I'm a cousin. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lover. I'm a, I'm a girlfriend. Like, I'm a, I'm a lot of things, right? So... I have to be making sure I take time to reflect every one of the hats that I wear and see am I showing up as a good leader first of me because if not, there's no way that I am going to be able to lead others um, and inspire others, right, to be them their best selves. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Come back next week. I'll definitely be here, <laughs> and I will definitely be welcoming you like comment share okay share 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 the podcast tell your family and friends snatch the smartphone download it for them support your girl i love you guys phenomies and can't wait to see you again have a good one remember love learn lead and then repeat i'm your favorite leader kimbretta boss babe and your next best decision I love y'all. Thank you so much for listening, watching, and sharing. Follow me on all social media platforms at Kimbretta, K-I-M-B as in beautiful, R-E-T-T-A. Follow me also and listen to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. See you soon.